Salutations and welcome to another episode of the Native Immigrants Month of Love. I'm your host, Swami Barakas, and as always, I'm joined by my loving co-host, the lovely Jojo underscore B. What's going on, Jojo B? Hello. Bringing the love again for another episode of we the always, Month of Love. We always bring the love. We don't always bring the love, let's be fair. You know, there's been times over the course of the last four seasons where it's been uh, a, a fairly uh, vociferous uh, relationship with you and I, uh, has been evident to see with all our listeners, I think, as well. Yes, we do often argue, um, but it's all done with love. <laughs> all done with love. It's part of the passion of a relationship. And this has brought almost the passion within our relationship, I feel, as well. Talking about love each week has rekindled <laughs> the, the, the love in our relationship. <laughs> it's just it? like the heady days of our original um, <laughs> dating days as girlfriend and boyfriend. Oh my God, it's so weird that you were my boyfriend. I know, because we've already discussed this on previous shows, the fact that we were friends first. And then obviously had a relationship and it was weird even like saying that you're my girlfriend, even though we were kind of going out because we were like brethren only like a few weeks before that. Yes, it was very awkward, that, that whole... Transition period. Yes, whole, I'm sure anyone who's gone from friends to more than friends mm. has gone through the same thing where it's just like, this is really strange. Yes. How, how are we supposed to be? Yeah. And I think sometimes even now, not weirdness, totally. but no, we fall no, into like mate mode. Completely, bruv. And the then, fact that I call you bruv should be an easy giveaway. Because <laughs> we did have an argument not long ago where I said, am I just your roommate? Yes, yeah, he did, yeah. <laughs> actual verbatim words from Jojo B as well. <laughs> she'd, um, she'd come to the point where we were just like, you know, just having to ask, can I use this plate? Um <laughs> Like, can I, can I borrow your nail clippers and stuff? Anyway, it's, yeah, those levels. Um, oh, and, there, and people, this is like seven years into a marriage, so... Yes, ridiculous arguments. But here we are, we're, arguments aside, we are still bringing you people the love. And All the love. The theme, obviously, for this season is the search for love. And on this particular episode, episode three of our Month of Love series... We're going to be talking about matchmaking. It's something we did briefly mention on last week's episode about online dating. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we asked the girls, Bina and Priya, thank you so much for joining us, ladies, on last week's show, about matchmaking and whether they'd actually embarked on that particular quest. Meaning the traditional kind of set up through your family. Yes. kind of business introductions Arista. yes uh those kind of things uh and they hadn't but it is something that's very prevalent in our community and dozens of people have met their other halves dozens dozens yeah many 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 people <laughs> dozens isn't it dozens can we, do we just say hundreds thousands yeah, possibly but we don't have any numbers whereas dozens which is why you just say many people keep it vague all right. A lot of people. Some a lot people. of people. A lot of people have num- happily... What? A number of people. Several people. A plethora <laughs> of people have found their partners through the world of matchmaking. Well, yeah, because it's the, you know, the traditional route. Um, and so it's kind of interesting to see how it all works in the 21st century. It's interesting to it's see. It's interesting to see. Yeah, no, and it is... Um, and I think, obviously, we... 
Indian matchmaking had a big part to play in people's awareness of matchmaking. The professional matchmaker. Yeah, which we we hadn't even uh, known about or even knew existed um, until this show came on Netflix a couple of years ago. But we will be speaking about that show and all that is matchmaking on the other side of our break when we'll be talking to Suk Kaur, who is a, a matchmaking expert with her own business. I'm very excited about it. Yes, indeed. And she's going to be talking about everything to do with matchmaking and how the process has been for her. It's going to be fascinating. Fascinating listening. So make sure you listen to that in the second half of the show. But let's address last week. Yes. Last week's episode on online dating was one of our best shows of this season so far. It was really fun. Yeah. And it was also really eye-opening and shocking. In many ways. <laughs> what, what, shocked, what shocked you? Just the way, the things that the girls have to put up with. Oh, the yeah. The things that they've experienced and had th- people say to them. And, mm. you know, it's but, just madness. You know, it, but the thing is, you know, what, I, in a way, yes, it was shocking. In the flip side of it, in a way, it's almost a reality of where we are right now, which is something I said last week in that we are living in a time where people can just feel that they can say what they want on social media and and be able to get away with it because they're hiding behind you know black mirrors as such you know so it's it's sad and unfortunately the people that are actively looking and having to go through this and having to deal with those kind of scoundrels um saying these kind of remarks and stuff like that is um yeah so it's a really sad thing it's a it's a sad kind of state of the world isn't it yeah that's what i mean that's what i said is it what you just yeah, said? Yeah, I literally just said that. <laughs> I mean, why do I even bother? What's the what was the what's the point? Like I, the, I'm, just, I mean, Jojo B's had a long day, but man, well, mine is just, mine is I only going to get longer. Just back into the shock that I had going. I mean, I've got to say also, to I've got to say that you know, the, the main thing for me was, I'm just really shocked about what was said. <laughs> You know, don't you feel? Don't you think it was shocking? <laughs> I'm so sorry. Okay, unbelievable. Um, back on track. Back on track. Come on, Jyoti, you've got this. Um, yes. So it was. Uh, it, shocking. It's sh- it's shitty out there. Basically, um, I think it's shitty for some people, and mm. some people are fortunate to not have to deal with the shitness. Well done, Jyoti. <laughs> <laughs> it's either heads or it's tails. <laughs> You flip a po- flip a coin, and it's shitty for some, and it's shitty and not shitty for others. That's the world of online dating. I'm so glad we got guests on last week to at least kind of help, like, help me with this because this is what I have to fucking deal with. Month of love, but yeah, we were um very very grateful to Priya and Bina for joining us last week. Uh, thank you so much, ladies, for joining us. Um, and we got some great <laughs> feedback uh, from our listeners from the show. Um, and so we'll mention a few of those right now. Are they a little bit more articulate than me? Well, yeah, I think most people, <laughs> a plethora of people are more articulate. <laughs> Dozens of people are more articulate than Jojo B. Um, I want to shout out Rita, our girl Rita, uh, who said, loved it. By the way, on our first date... When you're quite done, uh, Kiva and her husband and I split the bill, and I wouldn't have had it in any other way. 
Girl power. Not girl power from you, though. You made me pay on the first fucking day. Yes, didn't I always made all my first dates. This is what I'm saying, Jimmy. I was poor. That's the difference. <laughs> There's, uh, yeah, I wish she'd, she'd notified that to me on the far first date. You know, might not have got past the second one. <laughs> I was paying London rent and earning London wages, which are crap. So, you know, there you go. Every Clado people. <laughs> um, shout to Cool Deep, our very first guest on the first episode of the Month of Love. Uh, she listened in, said, Great episode, really honest and heartfelt. Thank you so much, Cool Deep. Shout to you. Uh, shout to Rena, who listened to it as well, said, Enjoyed it very much. I wanted to jump in at times. Um, well, yeah, we can make that happen for future shows. I think it was one of those conversations where there's a lot that could have been said based on everyone's individual experiences. Um, and yeah, I think next time we'd have to get like a load of different people, men and women, I think, uh, to get a more broader perspective because, you know, it could have come across all kind of one-sided and biased towards men. We but trying I to not make it a man-hating show. It wasn't about that. It was about the world <laughs> of of dating and, you know, sometimes it's shit and sometimes it's not. <laughs> Honestly, just flip a coin. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you, Rina. You, um, you just reminded me that um, when I was when I was poor and I had to go on these dates that my parents made me set, that set me up on, hmm. I did genuinely just used to use it as an excuse to get someone to pay for my dinner. Man, I'm honestly, like, if, you, if you're, for, not forced, but if you're having to be pushed to do something that you don't want to do, from pressure from your parents or whatever to, to, you know, it's not so much pressure, but you know, like, come on, do this, come on, come on, do this. And you're just like, all right, fine, you relent. You might as well get something out of it yourself, yeah. isn't it? do you know what I mean? I mean, it was usually free drinks because I very rarely did dinner on the first date. We had that conversation yes, indeed last week. We did. You don't do dinner on the first date if you don't know them. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, free drinks. Free drinks is a good look. Yeah, when you're poor, that's what's great. I mean, yeah, well done you, innit? Yes, anyway. Yeah, we don't endorse <laughs> my, this to our listeners, my, by the way. My, my dating stories, I could go on all day about them. I have a bit more class people, is what I'm saying from my <laughs> side. Um, shout to Ush as well, who listened in. Uh, and she said, just listen to my girls Priya and Bina on the Native Immigrants talking about dating in this day and age. So much I can relate to. So funny and love the conversation. Uh, thank you so much, Ush. And you will be hearing from Ush on our next episode. Yes. You know, and we'll be giving you more details about that over the course of this week on our social media. So make sure you check us out. Follow us on all our socials to get exclusive information about what's been happening and what's going to happen on future shows. And that's at the Native Immigrants Podcast on Instagram and at Native Immigrants 1M on Twitter. Yes, it is. And at Jojo underscore B. Follow Jojo B, yeah. If you if you if you want to hear those kind of you know witticisms and um, repeating something that you would have said previously and try to mark it off as her own, <laughs> then that's that's someone I to don't follow. Steal tweets, thank you very much. You just retweet them, and <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah, well done. <laughs> um, uh, and something that we've tried to push and promote uh, over the course of the first three seasons of our show was ratings and reviews on iTunes uh, uh, Apple obviously um, to get us more exposure and get us more seen and more heard and haven't done it enough this year so far keep forgetting keep forgetting absolutely Um, so I'm trying to I'm I'm not even trying I'm putting it out there now send us reviews and ratings on Apple please because the more you review us 
the more visible we become. And people can Literally find what I just said. And exactly. I'm just reiterating because you made a very uh, good point. I'm like the underline. Right. The bold and the underline of what you just said. Okay. Yeah. Thanks, Jezebel. They would never have like clarified that if you hadn't have just like Yeah. But then I was it. also going to say, could you please subscribe on Spotify if you listen via Spotify? Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we've got a lot of our audience that listen to us via Spotify. Um, so join that brigade if you wish to um, and subscribe to us on Spotify as well. We're on Google Podcasts. Literally, wherever you find your podcasts, we are going to be there because we're the native immigrants and we get around. Um, but we did get a new review on iTunes. A massive look for us. Thank you so much. And it's Kuldeep herself who gave us a review. She's been prolific. She has been prolific in terms of pushing us and promoting us across all her social media uh, this past week since her show came out. And she's been kind enough to give us a new rating and review on iTunes. This is very nice of her. Yes. Um, and she says, right from the feisty pilot show, don't interrupt me, Jojo B, which is what I said to you on there, <laughs> to the laugh out loud, playful humor and tenderness of more recent episodes, there's truly something for everyone. If you're ever feeling lonely or need a pick-me-up, there's always something from every show that will lighten the load. Swami Barakas and Jojo B stand the test of time and always make you smile. Aww. That is very, very kind of you cool deep much much appreciation and love to you for that and if you also give us a rating and review listener then we will mention it on the next episode ourselves yes so you know to get yourself on the biggest podcast in the world name checked drop us a rating and review on <laughs> itunes Joe rogan might have something to say about that joe who Exactly. Exactly, brav. It's all about the native immigrants. It's all about the native immigrants. (laughs) His face. Oh, we really should make this like a video podcast. A vodcast. Is that a thing? A vodcast. It must be. On the other side of this break, we're going to be talking to the amazing Sook Core of Matched UK, a professional matchmaker, and she's going to be talking to us about all things matchmaking. See you on the other side, people. On the other side, it's the Native Immigrants, and we're continuing our Month of Love series. Aren't we, Jojo B? Yes, we are. I love this love. I love this love. I love love this this love. (laughs) Who doesn't love love? Love is the greatest. Exactly. I hope there is no one out there that doesn't love love. That doesn't love love. Um... Scrooges. Yeah. Well, that's not what our show is about and who we're trying to attract. Our audience is all about the love and we're trying to show the love back as much as we possibly can. Now, last week's show, we had two of our friends on here. 
Yes, we did. To, to, to eye-opening <laughs> chat that was. Uh, yeah, well, that's an understatement to say the <laughs> least. Um, about the world of online dating within the South Asian community. Uh-huh. Now, one of the last questions on there that we asked the girls was about matchmaking. Yes, it was. They hadn't embarked on that particular uh, quest as such or, or dabbled in it, but very minimally. And I had many, many stories of my uh, blind dates. Trysts. <laughs> no, not trysts. Blind <laughs> dates um, um, through family matchmaking. Yes. Which is, uh, it's a roller coaster ride, shall we say. Yeah. There's, a, there's many, many interesting stories from my 20s. It's one of those roller coasters that just stays like on ground level the whole time. <laughs> no, no, there was, I mean, there was very few highs. There was right. a lot of like big plummeting drops. Right, okay, yeah. A continuing <laughs> drop when it comes to JJB then. It just never ends. The family, family, no. <laughs> just family, no. Family, my family anyway. Well, I think, yeah, you'll find that a lot, a lot of the time with a lot of families, it's a very uh, similar scenario. <laughs> but that's not necessarily the case for a lot of people wanting to go down that particular route. And in order to help us get a little bit more information about the world of matchmaking, we've decided to get in an expert. A professional. A professional matchmaker that's here joining us today to talk to us about what she does and the whole world of matchmaking. It's not Seema Auntie. It's not Seema <laughs> Auntie. And we're going to be talking about that show uh, in, over the course of this conversation, I'm sure. But we are delighted to be joined by Suk Kaur, of Matched UK. How's it going, Suk? Hi, guys. A very good evening to you. It's going well, thanks. It's going, well, it's going great, this? apart from like the, the crazy technical problems that we had in good order to get issues. you on the show initially. Um, but we got there we in the, the end. Job. Yes, we did. And just, and just as you do, you get people there in the end yourself. Yes, that's the goal. The <laughs> ultimate goal. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, why don't, well, first of all, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit more about yourself and exactly what you do? Yeah, of course. So thanks so much for having me on your podcast. I'm Sukkor. Yeah, I'm the founder of Matched by Sukkor. And I create love stories for Sikh and Hindu professionals. Now, just to give you a little bit of a background, I had my own dating dilemmas. I've been single for, I'm going to say, six, seven years. And it was the dating apps. And last year in lockdown, I just had enough. I was a little bit tired of the, hey, how are you doing? What are you up to? Mm. What are you eating? Have you had dinner? No conversations beyond that. So I was just suffering dating app fatigue. And I just thought to myself, there has to be a different way to actually meet like-minded individuals whose end goal was to be in a fully committed relationship or at least marriage. And like you say, along came Seema Auntie on Netflix. <laughs> and I just thought... Wow. So matchmaking, like the modern, I thought to myself that there was a Western style of matchmaking, like Patty Stanger, the millionaire matchmaker. I didn't realize there was a professional matchmaker in the with South Asians. So I kind of looked into it. I did a little bit of research, couldn't really find anything that resonated with me. So I thought there must be people out there in the same boat as me wanting something different. And I offered it for three months as a complimentary service. And boy, oh boy, do people like a freebie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're, I mean you're, you're targeting Sikh yeah. and Hindu professionals. There's nothing more that we love more than a freebie. Than a freebie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, and I realised there was obviously something in it. 
and I took a break in December, relaunched in January and kind of did another test phase where it was more just like a nominal fee. Mm. And it was working. I learned about matchmaking. I studied matchmaking. You know, I kind of built my network and I went fully fledged in May this year. So I've got my clientele and yeah, fingers crossed. Pete, I've got I've got no weddings or anything on the horizon because it has only been since May. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I've got people dating right now. It's all very exciting. So you launched in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah, who starts who starts a dating <laughs> who starts a dating company in the middle of a pandemic? Suk does. Yeah, yeah. So I just yeah. I mean, I, I was kind of reading up on it, and I realised that people were still dating in lockdown, the thick of lockdown. With a lot of Zoom dates, there was a lot mm. of Zoom dates, one-to-one walking, and it was about keeping your dates fresh in lockdown. So I was sharing advice on my social media about how to keep dates fresh. There was things like Google, like Google Museums, I can't remember what it's called, where they actually had interactive things you could do. And even just things like have dinner together over Zoom, you know, you could choose each other's dinner and just <laughs> different quirky ways to keep things a little bit fresh and a little bit different. So it was working and, you know, my clients were asking for advice, how to keep things fresh, how to keep things going. And it was working. So I thought, yeah, let's keep going with it. So last week when we were talking to the girls about their experiences when it came to um, online dating, they found that chemistry was a a real problem. So kind of seeing if there was any real chemistry with the person that they were speaking to. How do you get around that then um, when you're matchmaking people and kind of and they're meeting online? Yeah. So when it comes to the chemistry, what the thing about dating apps is you are kind of just going by text messages and a voice on the phone. Mm. And, and But with the matchmaker, I actually interview everybody that I introduce. So I do learn about their values, their ethics, their beliefs, a little bit about their dating history, their dating style, what they want from their future. So I really get to understand them as an individual, their likes, their dislikes, what's on their bucket list, really get into under their skin to find out what they're like. And mm. when I do introduce two people, it is because of what I've seen for commonality, the, the common, what they have in common. And, you know, if they've got the same values, the same beliefs, what they want from their futures, do I think they'll complement each other? And that's kind of what I go with. I, I vet each couple individuals. I show profiles. If they're happy, then I introduce them to each other and I send them off on a date. So I'm there as well as kind of support for both of them as well. And I always get feedback as well. So it's not that literally I'm an auntie checking in. It's more <laughs> a yeah, it is more a support because I'm accountable for two people going out together. So I want to be able to support them in any way I can. Because sometimes, you know, I've had um, I've had guys say like, Cirque, I'm not sure if she's into me. Has she said anything to you yet? And I'm, I'm just saying, you know, she's not spoke to me yet, but... Um, if she's text you that's a good sign and you know obviously I want to encourage love I can create the introduction but ultimately the chemistry is up to the individuals um haven't had a bad day yet touch wood um but yeah I've got people dating right now they're in good places so that's that's the that's a good thing. So I, I'm also about empowering people with their dating journeys. Yeah. Uh, I'll give you an example. There is one girl who who ended up freezing her membership because she actually met someone herself. 
so you know we can't yeah so she actually met someone herself and her freeze was up and I said look where what are we doing how are we moving forward and she's actually said look I ended up meeting this guy because of the advice you gave me at the start so I, I said to her about some of her wants that you need to broaden your horizons a little bit more because you never know you're she's from Birmingham she said you I said you know your guy could be in London and she actually ended up just chatting to a guy by accident on the apps and he was from London and they're in a really good place. So even if I didn't introduce them, she still took on my advice. So mm. I'm about empowering you with your dating choices and kind of making you feel a little bit more confident when you are out there in real life, in the dating arena, as well as dating apps as well. How do, how do people respond to your, um, your feedback on what they want? And, you know, like I'm sure lots of people have you know, really good comprehensive lists. Um, And (laughs) based on some of the people that we are close to, sometimes those things can be what we might think are a bit superficial, (laughs) but you know, they're important to some people, but how do you, how do people respond to your feedback on, on their wants and needs? Yeah, it is about managing people's expectations without a doubt. I, you know, you're asking me that question. I remember there was this one woman, she was five foot, she was adamant she didn't want a guy any less than 5'11". Because wow. okay. anything less than that was just wasn't masculine enough for her. Wow. And, and I just said, what if your soulmate is 5'9 or 5'8"? I just said that in a polite manner. And she just kind of leaned into the Zoom camera and she just looked at me straight and said, this is a non-negotiable. What? And I feel... Damn. Yeah, and I do feel, and I do feel that people that have those... In the nicest possible way, you're looking for what you want, but mm. you should be looking for what you need. Yeah. Preach. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, I don't know so, really understood the height kind of obsession. Pri and Bina are listening to this because uh, they, <laughs> they were really adamant about height on the last show. And that got me thinking, now the fact you mentioned it on this show as well, I didn't realize heightism was such a thing amongst Asian girls. Oh my God. It is, but it is with guys as well. I'm not, yeah, obviously, a lot of guys are insecure about having a tall Asian woman because if she wears heels, then she'll be taller than me. But it's not. And what would that I, mean? I've never felt it's like the you know like the the core reason to to not want to be with someone is based on height. You know, if, obviously, if I'm if I'm five if I'm five ten, if if my my perspective uh you know partner is six eleven, then fair enough. Yeah, I can understand why that might be a little <laughs> yeah, bit more of, of a gripe. But I'd kind of usher into a career in basketball instead. <laughs> But like, you know, for like a matter of inches here and there, you know, it's, oh my God, for God's sake. This is the thing. I can't even, I can't even have a conversation without Jojo B take, like using her gutter face at me and taking it down to that level. I was, you know what, we're not, yeah, we're talking. I hope that's not a criteria on there as well, by the way. I sincerely hope there's people not asking for certain things. Um, No, I've not had that conversation with anybody yet. Oh my God, talking about superficial. Do you, do you get guys who are like, well, I prefer this bra size, and you're like, what? yeah, and you're like, well, what really? Yeah, I mean, no, that's the one I no, know. You know what? Said that that some they got rejected because their boobs are a bit small. What? So, like, yeah, that is not something I do. I think if you're looking like that, you're not looking right. And, yeah, and in the nicest possible way, this is why you're single. And it comes back to like I say, it's not what you want; it's what you need. You don't need double f's <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> <Of course. laughs> 
yeah. you know what it is i think sometimes people don't i think i think it's getting guys and girls to realize what they need which is the hardest and this is task. what this is about yeah. yeah this is exactly what matchmaking is about as an intermediary you know i i had one guy he was very uptight he was really um really just literally take my money sign me up I don't take I don't sign everyone on for my active headhunting mm. I understand you I want to know your dating style where you are and if I pick up on something that I feel maybe a red flag in what you're doing then I'll have a conversation with you about it yeah. I was talking to one particular gentleman and he just said I can tell the first time if a girl's not right for me and I said but why how do you know and he goes I, I just can't see myself marrying her why are you thinking that far ahead? Why are you forcing it? Dating is a process. It's a journey and it needs to be enjoyed. It's a numbers game, quite frankly. Yeah. You have to invest and be present in every single day. Don't sit opposite someone thinking, can this be the mother of my children? Mm. Can she make a rookie for me? Or can he go out to work while I stay at home? No. Do you actually get on? Have a drink with this person and think at least just baby steps. Do I even want to go to dinner with this person again? Yeah. yeah. Don't think, can I see myself marrying them? Think after your drink, would I like to spend dinner with this person? Mm. And then from there, would I like to spend the day from this with this person? And so on. That is how you have to date. And I think we do, I think our society, certainly the South Asian community has a lot of pressure and that stigma is still kind of there for us, for a lot of South Asians where we do think that far ahead. Yes. Yeah. But at the for same sure. time, we are evolving. You know, the new, the, the generation, uh, the, the current generation that are, invest, are investing in themselves. Majority of my clients are early 30s who have spent their 20s studying and now they're all established in their 30s, they're high net worth individuals, and they're ready to settle down. So they are ready to take that pace, they're ready to be committed. And it is a process and you really do have to enjoy it. And I do always have those conversations with my clients to see their dating style. And, you know, some of them aren't confident with dating because they haven't been so active with it. So yeah. I have a dating coach I work with, I have stylists yeah. I work okay. with, to really empower you with your dating journey. As I say, I'm not just about I can't guarantee love. I can certainly guarantee the recommendations and the profiles. The chemistry is up to you guys. But I want you to feel empowered that, you know, if you, if you, we, when we part ways, that you've got a different outlook on dating. And I want you to be able to enjoy it as well because it should be fun. No, absolutely. That, that's the whole the part and parcel of the dating scene, which we remember oh so many <laughs> a long time ago for myself and Georgia <laughs> was the fun aspect of dating. It's not fun after you got married because it's just, uh, but no, it's of, uh, <laughs> someone a very long time ago, a friend of mine was getting married and I was like, how do you know? Well, it is normally cut, cut in when you're trying to talk is what happens oh, after whatever. Right, so a friend of mine was getting married and I said, like, how do you know that this is the right person for you? Like, how, how do you know that you're making the right choice? And he said to me, because I didn't, he said exactly what you said, because I haven't thought like 10 years down the line. I just keep, I think about when, like, do I want to spend the next day with this person? He goes, and that's how I've dated her. And that's how I've decided that I want to marry her because I want to I want to keep having tomorrows with her. And I was like, that's oh, okay. And I was like, and that's what I've always kept in mind as well when I was dating. And most often, I didn't really want to spend the next day with that person. Whereas with you, 
husband who's given me that funny look mm. no life um, is one big whole grand hog day for me as well to be fair <laughs> i'm constantly feeling like every day i'm trying to say something really <laughs> lovely and you just turn it into something terrible no you know yeah. grand yeah. Hog day. it's love isn't it? Grand char- he's a charmer isn't he i bet he swept yeah. you off your feet well, you know, we're here seven years on something must have worked. you are you um, must have <laughs> well, I, I like to keep telling myself that so um right so let's let's cut to the elephant in the room um we're talking about the south asian community and one of the most popular shows of recent times with the south asian community specifically over the course of the last pandemic uh and be, people being stuck in lockdown uh this show was one of the most talked about shows across all of social media uh, as a, a lot of crazy stereotypes and cliches with it, but it just became such intensely entertaining television. And yeah. that is Indian matchmaking. Now, it, because of its popularity and obviously with the, the greater awareness behind traditional matchmaking, have you found that based off of the, well, inverted commas, success of that show, that there has been a greater interest um, in your services from there? I think, um, first of all, that programme, it, I think it was edited in a way to create the drama. Drama, yeah, for sure, for <laughs> sure, 100%. Yeah. And, yeah, I think it was, and everybody says, oh, it was an awful programme, but we're still here talking about it, and season two is <laughs> out in a couple it. of months. <laughs> Yeah, I did. And and season two's out in the next couple of months. So it nice. did something right. Exclusive. Yeah, so <laughs> yes. <laughs> so yeah, I think it did it did get the South Asian community talking about modern day matchmaking instead of the Wajollas and yeah. the, the aunties and the uncles. <laughs> so yeah, because this is more of a Western approach, like the patty, like I say, the, the millionaire matchmaker style. Yeah. So it has, it is something that people are exploring now because they are fed up of apps. We are suffering from app fatigue. I haven't been on an app in over a year because I'm so bored of the stupidness that flies into my DMs. Mm. And I feel some people are wanting something a little bit more refreshing, something a little bit more different. And I feel, yeah, Indian matchmaking has helped kind of create that boom. There have been some other matchmakers, in fact, that came out of lockdown as well. Mm. Um, And, uh, you know, we've talked about it as well. I've talked to other matchmakers as well. And they were booming as well during lockdown. A lockdown was a time when singletons realised they didn't want to be single anymore. Yeah, if you think sure. about all of these people, yeah, all these people that were single at home, you have your families, but a companion is something completely different. Yeah. Having a companion and a lot of people kind of vowed, I'm going to invest my time properly to find my soulmate as soon as lockdown lifted. Many people are, are still thinking that now. So definitely Indian matchmaking did kind of change the dynamics of how matchmaking is perceived within the south asian community without a doubt but do you feel also on the flip side of that that it potentially could have had a detrimental effect as well in people wanting to pursue matchmaking because obviously we saw within the confines of the show there was a lot of um family politics and there was a lot of um you know some real like heavy-handed stereotypes which could be looked at as backwards as well within our community 
Whereas obviously what you're doing is a, a lot more of a modern approach as well at the same time. So do you, do you feel there's a conflicting nature sometimes with the traditional aspects of matchmaking together with the modern style of matchmaking with what you do? Yeah, I think there, like you say, there was a lot of stereotypes. Certainly, was it Akshay and his mom? Literally, you will marry this girl. You will marry. I swear to God, like everybody says, why doesn't Akshay just marry his mom? It was oh, it's that, so true. It's that, so true. That, that insane, wasn't it? And there was the other girl from America. I can't remember her name. It begins with A. But um, yeah, I do feel that I, I work with liberal-minded people. Mm. So you know, I, I don't work with anybody that. I've had parents contact me as well, and I, I, I'm quite frank with them. I'm not a matrimonial service mm. where, you know, a boy meets girl in a temple or a gurdwara, and then you just decide. We leave it up to the individuals. So, you know, sometimes parents do think, okay, yeah, we don't want that. That's fine. Um, I'm not the service for you. That's fine. I'm not for everyone. I, I, I tend to work with individuals that that are professionals, and like I say, and their families know as well. So they're quite supportive. I've not had any kind of teasing or anything in the sense where they say, "Oh, you know, people have called me Sukhanti as a joke," and, <laughs> but nobody's really kind of had that negative connotation to associate me with Sima Auntie. So yeah. they are questioning me. They do want to know how I work. And like I say, I do have people, some people that say they want to marry within their caste. Right. I don't work with, okay. yeah, I don't work with, and they're modern people, but I don't work with caste because matchmaking is so hard as it is. First of all, it's not something I believe in. And mm. matchmaking is so, second of all, matchmaking is so hard as it is. When you're, already looking actively headhunting for a particular match when you refine that with a cast it's just impossible so it's not something i can work with at all so yeah i'm coming back to your question i feel like i'm rambling now but coming back to your question i definitely i definitely feel that i've not had any negative experiences if anybody people really question so how do you work what do you do Mm. and i'm more about empowering than just Boy meet girl, girl meet boy. When shall we set the wedding date? Yeah, oh, well, actually, yeah. Interestingly, what is the kind of the ratio of like men to women with your with your client list? Um, and just you know, based on talking about Indian matchmaking, how many of those people actually um, come via themselves, or is is a lot of their families or their parents sometimes involved in this process and wanting to like you know try to push their prospective kids into wanting to find a partner as such yeah so i've got two services i've got one which is my active headhunting service so you pay for the service and you're a client and i'll act on your behalf and then i've got another service which is complimentary and that is for you to join my little black book so Mm. my little black book is called the select network is where you leave your details for free i don't actively headhunt for you but my little black book is my first point of call when I'm trying to match make one of my clients. Right. So I have got, uh, I'm saying the ratio is 60-40 to women. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, even I was surprised myself. And that has changed over the last few months. A lot more men are coming in, but men do take a little bit more time to warm up. I feel <laughs> that, yeah, I feel that oh, men dude. sometimes, yeah, men find it harder not to admit, but, to, to reach out and call it and say, you know what, I'd like some help. Uh, the majority of the men that have kind of signed up to me or inquired with me have seen me and just been kind of 
watch me on the socials for maybe two, three weeks a month and then reach out. So, um, and the same with women. Sometimes I've had a woman slide into my DM once and say, I've been following you for months and now I'm ready. Can I speak to you, please? So it is sometimes overwhelming. And that's why I feel with such a service, I don't know if you've seen my socials, I like to put my face on there because yep, yep, yes, indeed. matchmaking is such a personal thing. You want to know who you're talking to. So it's always good to make sure your face is there and and make sure that you're approachable. And, you know, nine times out of 10, well, no, 100% actually, I've never had a bad conversation with anyone and everyone's always gone away feeling empowered after my conversation with them. And I feel that is so important because coming to someone admitting that you want help with dating, it takes guts. Yeah, so yeah, yeah so you know it, and you want to be able to manage that with them and, and kind of just just eliminate their worries and just get them to enjoy it okay so from from your client list and the people that you've spoken to what has been like the most random criteria requests uh that you've come across where you're just like who am I actually dealing with here yeah see um I've not had any crazy random stuff, I have to say. I mean, the height thing was um, was quite something. I never heard from her again after that, <laughs> funny enough. Because I think my face said it all on the Zoom, because when she said that, I just went, okay. And I thought, you really shouldn't have said it like that, because that's quite rude. And, yeah, I did send her the form saying, you know, you never know. Join my select network. I could end up with a guy that's six foot and wanting someone that's five foot, five foot two, I can't remember her height, but I didn't hear from her again and she's not filled a form. Um, what <laughs> other requests have I had? Nothing. You know what? It sounds really boring. I haven't really had any weird and wonderful requests. I do get people that <laughs> want to rush love. I do get people that ask, after how many dates do I know that they're the one? And that's a red right. flag for me. Because, yeah. Do you because have people with like a timeline of like, I need to be in a relationship in like three months time, sort it out? Yes, <laughs> I do. And, and they're the kind of people that I can't really take them on because if you are introducing them to someone, they're going to really push it. They're going to really force it. And the other person's going to feel a lot of pressure and it's just not going to be fun. And then it's, it's just not going to be enjoyable. So I can't keep introducing that person to other potential dates if mm. they're always smothering them yeah just and because I feel the smothering so if I feel it how is a potential date going to feel and when you say to me you know I want to be married by a certain time how do you know if they're the one um I'm looking to have children by this age and it has to happen it's a lot of pressure you're imposing on yourself. And I've had this conversation with people as well, where you can't put a timeline on love. You have to, again, like I say, I constantly say it, you have to enjoy the process. So they're the kind of people I don't sign on because you need some kind of coaching first, or it could be life coaching. It could be dating coaching. And it is about kind of being more self-aware yeah. and making sure everything kind of is in place before you go out into dating. Cause could you imagine if I introduced that person and, for example, the text and they didn't get another text and they got worried and it's only been an hour. Oh, just texting again as I haven't heard from you. Oh, oh if goodness. you're not interested, oh, if you're know. not interested, can you let me know? See, you're laughing about it now, right? Can you, so I can't really introduce someone like that because I'm always going to, I'm not going to be able to fulfill their requirements because they're not in the right headspace for dating. So that is something I do deal with a lot, but then I do refer them to coaching. 
And I think you're referring to therapists more like, I think. That yeah, and there are some, yeah, there are some, sometimes I don't, I'm, I'm trying to figure out if it's coaching, counselling or therapy. So oh. it, there are some people like that. Mm-hmm. And it is about, you know, get take away those techniques, apply them and let's touch base again and see how you're getting on. Um, but yeah, otherwise that's it really. Nothing really exciting as such. No weird and wonderful requests. <laughs> Yet. We're going to get our listeners obviously to come like sign up and then you're going to, yeah, I I want one that only has monobrows um, and, um, and has crooked teeth potentially. likes to keep snakes. Likes to keep snakes. Wow. Wow. That would be a good one, wouldn't it? That really is. Stop it. Stop it. literally just like the worst nightmare going into someone's house and just seeing a whole wall of snakes. Oh my God. There's enough snakes within our community. Pets. Um, Python. (laughs) (laughs) Oh dear. dear. Where's this heading? Sorry, Um, you were saying. So you kind of said that you, you know, you do come across people that you find um, aren't ready to date. Um, But have you ever met anyone who you just thought, like, they literally just are unmatchable? (laughs) Like this person can never find love. (laughs) Have you been watching Married at First Sight? Well, okay we've, so we've so basically away. we've been away for the last couple of weeks we've watched every series of it so far but we because we were away the last couple of weeks we've got them both on series link and so oh. we're just finding the time to sit down and actually watch this um because oh, again we watch it every year. yeah do you, oh no do you know screw it just tell us yeah, and stuff no worry. spoilers here and stuff well actually spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't watched married at first sight forward this part of the show but otherwise, yeah. continue. give me a couple so. of minutes <laughs> yeah so um well, I've forgotten the question. What was the question that you think? Oh, you're just unmatchable. Yeah, yes. I think um, sometimes. It, yeah, these are the kind of people that are unmatchable. The ones, like I say, I can't do anything with you if you because you're going to scare off every single person I've got in front of you, <laughs> and it's just not going to be right, is it? But um, I was just thinking of Nikita. So there's one girl called Nikita. She's right. a Geordie lass from. <laughs> oh, what's your oh, what's your word, Sook? I'm, I'm married to a Geordie Punjabi my, right here. My accent's gone, but I'm very much a Geordie. Yeah, but are you so a Geordie? She is. She is. That's and where we've we just were away. We were just away in Newcastle for the last two weeks. Um, oh, were so, you? Okay. Yes, so she's so. from Sunderland, I think. Oh, that's okay. Uh, that's she's okay. not a Geordie. That's she's like, a Macam. That's few, okay. Few. That's no beef here. No beef here. No beef. My mossy lives in it. My mossy lives in Newcastle. What part are you from? I am from the like kind of. I'm from the East End. You've forgotten where you're from. No, it's really hard to explain. Well, I'm from Killingworth. Yeah. But yeah. I can see the side. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I'm my my mossy's like in Framlington, Ashington. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, 15 minutes up the road. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Even I know. There you go. See, I know it. Fantastic. Fantastic. (laughs) But yeah, so this uh, this particular girl, Nikita, she's on Married at First Sight. She literally wanted a guy that was six foot, buff, tanned. Even veneers. She was specific. She wanted a guy with veneers. Oh, my word. She didn't get what she wanted, but he was such a handsome guy. Very nice. Very calm manner. Uh, and I think he he basically, his upbringing was that he was around men. His mum passed away, I believe. And he actually said to Paul Bronson, the, the, the yeah, one of the yeah. matchmakers, I know that I have an issue about opening up because I've been around men. And I, I'm calling it, I know that, but I'm ready to embrace, you know, talking to a woman and, you know, my partner. And she's, so he's very open like that. She's on the other side of the spectrum where she's very much the the very thick Geordie accent and very dropping the F-bomb every other, converse, every other oh, wow. sentence. Wow. And, 
and um, she's really bubbly. She's really like out there. But when she's got a temper, she goes for it. I don't know if you saw last week, but she actually got pulled out of the program because something happened off camera. No way. And, yeah, spoiler. Hashtag major spoiler. Alert. Major yeah, something spoiler, happened off camera. Yeah. But I'm going to have to yeah, watch that now. So, I'm going to watch it straight after we recorded this. <laughs> yeah. So I, I feel she isn't someone I'd want to try and match. I think it will come with experience. Yeah. She is kind of somebody that I wouldn't really want to match because if you're, if you're asking me for something so specific, it's a big tall order. And if I don't have those people on my little black book or in my network, I'm just not going to be able to match you. Yeah. I need someone with veneers. Wow. <laughs> Imagine you got that written down in your black book. No. Yeah, I'd have to write that down, wouldn't I? Yeah. Who have been like the more difficult to deal with in that way, in between men and women specifically? And I'm generalizing now, and I have a lot of hate for this potentially, but I, you know, I don't care. I'm married. Um, <laughs> who, 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 who have been the more difficult to deal with in this instance? I think it has been the women. Well, hey, <laughs> preach, preach, talk that talk, so talk that talk. Yeah, I think it has been the women. The guys have come across are very open-minded, very chilled, very relaxed, and what just that, ready. It, to... Do you think that's is it more a cultural thing in that in that aspect, or is it just? body clocks and trying to think of like you know your ages and these kind of things that play a lot more of a part in that jojo b's crossing her head and very very much saying no 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 alexa can so talking so talking of body clocks i do get guys that are maybe like 37 38 ish and they'll say i want a girl that's quite a few years younger because i want kids and and i'm just like yeah but if she's your age she could still conceive of course and he's like, and he's like, yeah, but chances will be less. Wow, <laughs> some oh do days. say that, some don't. Some do say that, some don't. But then I will have that conversation say, I don't think you can dismiss someone like that. Of course. I am going to increase your age range. So I will be looking for women your age. Uh, we can talk about this later. So, you know, I, you know, if, if, if a 38 year old guy saying, I want a woman that's like 30 to 30, 435 i will creep that age range a little bit higher yeah because yeah you, you're missing two years worth of women so and one of them could be your soulmate you just don't know yeah. but the women i feel tend to be a bit more um I, there's no silly wants as such but it is just a lot um quite a few of them tend to talk about physicalities mm. um yeah i feel like i'm a bit yeah there's no big once but I do feel the women have more specific requirements but I do have a lot of women that are chilled as well but the def definitely the some of the the quirky ones like I say that are the ones from women and women like and, and I do find that it's the older women that are successful older women that are successful find it harder to find a man because she has a masculine energy so wow. a woman that's possibly 39, 40, she's obviously done well in her career. She's kind of adopted a masculine energy where she she is a lot more kind of managerial decision maker. So when she is meeting guys, say 40, 41, 42, guys want a 42, 41 year old guy can actually a successful man can get any woman he wants, quite frankly. He could get a 20 something. Right. And whereas a, a woman wouldn't get that, which is why a man, a successful man tends to have more options than a woman does. 
But it's about a man, again, realizing what he needs more than what he wants. Right. So, which is why older women find it harder to find men, which is why I'm single. (laughs) (laughs) There's someone out there for everyone. And even then, like I mentioned in the last week's show, single life is the best life. Believe me. It is, you know. Yeah, it is true. I'm I'm like totally ready to embrace it now. But before I, I did used to feel sorry for myself. But uh, I think lockdown has helped. I've had a few personal things happen over the last couple of years. And I've evolved as a person. Yeah, for sure. And I'm looking for I was looking forward to coming out of lockdown and meeting people. But I think my anxiety of COVID has kicked in. I'm still out there meeting people. But I think um, Boris Johnson's imposing possibly another lockdown on us again. But I'm definitely yeah. I'm definitely more open to meeting people now and enjoying the journey of just networking. Dating is kind of like networking now, broadening your horizon, meeting new people because you just never know who you're going to bump into where. Yeah. Yeah. I do think that's what I believe. Coming back <clears throat> to your point about the successful older women, I also find that actually in our culture we were always kind of encouraged to rely on the man to be the one who you know was the breadwinner and he was going to look after you and so you needed to totally. be with someone successful and might even explain the whole height thing because it's like a protective type thing yeah. I don't know but um I find that from the women that I know who are in their late 30s and are single they're in you know they own their own houses they've got their own cars they have successful you know careers they've got really well before covid they had very happening kind of social lives so they're looking for someone who compliments them and they're looking for someone that can kind of slot into their lives um and and i think that may be why it can sometimes seem like they're asking for a lot in terms of i don't know superficial stuff but Actually, because they've, yeah. they've got a lot of the essentials, the basics done. Yeah. You know, they've, they've made themselves secure. So they're not looking for security. They're looking for a companion. And I think that can sometimes, um, it can make it harder, I think, for women. And I think that's why so many of our female friends have struggled. Um, and But they have, you know, been so successful in every other area of their lives. Yeah. I agree completely. Yeah. I, I think as you get older you're more set in your ways, you are more established and a lot more independent and more settled in what you want from your life. And you do end up narrowing that dating pool, but that's not because you're fussy. It's because you're you're aware of what you want. It does get a lot more difficult. Uh, but you're right as well. The that that notion of how the man is the breadwinner, how he, you know, the woman is the homemaker. Roles have completely changed now. Yeah. It is very much 50-50. and it's probably this generation where that that blur is happening. But I think in future generations, it could possibly change mm. as 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 the new generation South generations of South Asians in the West evolve. It will be interesting to see how dating will be in the future because it's difficult now. But people that still go to uni now are still meeting their partners. So I feel that maybe I possibly think people will be getting uh, settling kind of in their 30s because uh, we are a lot more career driven now in the Mm. 20s, establishing careers, setting yourself up, getting your home getting get you know sort of uh, enjoying your time with your friends and your family and you're good to go so I think 30s is probably the kind of day the, the the kind of age where people will start dating that's what I see happening in the future definitely 
Well, the future is showing us basically that matchmaking is still very much alive and well within our community with people like yourself here in the UK trying to get our singletons together and see um, where where their paths can potentially lie. Um, and it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on our show today, Sook. Where can people find you uh, uh, online and where can people you know potential singletons um get hold of you to find um their future loved ones it's been so nice on here today thank you so much for inviting me we got there in the end with the taking <laughs> yeah, <you> did, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah so my social handle is the same across all me social media it's matched uk and uh, even my website is matchuk.com. so if you just search for matched uk you'll find me everywhere <laughs> Fantastic. And we'll also find you in the New York Times, we found out recently. Yes. Yeah, that was a, that came across. I didn't think it was going to happen and it just dropped in my inbox that day. And I just thought, I am putting this all over social media right now. As you should. <laughs> As you absolutely should. Um, it's Thank a massive, yeah, massive it was... look. Um, it's fantastic to see, especially someone from our community making big waves across that side of the pond. I appreciate that. Um, no, it's been an absolute pleasure. Well, thank you so much, Sook. Um, we didn't even get a chance to talk about biodata and whether that's even a thing oh now still. Oh, my God, biodata. Bio I heard someone say that the other day, actually. Biodata, it made me giggle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it brings back all the horrible memories of my 20s. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, hashtag... and Gundlis. Gundlis and biodata oh was like the, the core uh, to like factors uh, of, of yeah. matchmaking, I guess, back in the day. Um, and what is it that Seema Auntie says? Something about if the stars don't align, I go and help or something oh, like that. God. She, she always used, used to, to do the Kundalini, didn't she? She, she did that like thing with the with the guy who looked at their facial features to see if they would match, match or something. Yeah. Remember, it was like a weird thing. Oh, anyway. People will be looking at thinking our culture is complete mumbo jumbo. Um, <laughs> but I'm cl I'm glad that at least there's some there's some people on this side of the pond that are actually creating the right Breath way in. of going about matchmaking with people like yourself, which is fantastic to see. Thank you so much, Sook. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Well, that is it from this week, episode three of our month of love series here on the Native Immigrants. I don't want to end. I don't want it to ever end. I think we should just carry on just being Native Immigrants love. The love, yeah. We're, we're your ex, we're your love, love spurts, love spurts. That sounds very wrong. No, it does. I'm trying to think of what, you know, like your sex love spurts. spurts. And you get like, what's I don't know, man. It's this late in the day, but we're still here sharing <laughs> the, the love. Is, I think in images, and so a love. Spot. Oh, just shut up for God's sake! This is why we can't have a proper month of love because everything's about month of sex for you, isn't it? <laughs> God's sake! But anyway, we're going to be back next week, still talking about love, I'm and so hopefully shy. someone will have their mind out of the gutter <laughs> to enable us to continue talking about love uh, during this amazing time period. So, for me, Swami Barakas. <laughs> And from her, the, the ever so dirty Jojo B. <laughs> we'll see you all next week, people. Peace. 